Hi CCC family, my name is Megan Kastner and I'm the director of the Porch Coffee Space here in Portland, Oregon. Now the porch is volunteer run, donation based, connected to a church out here. And the whole thing is to really just meet people where they're at and show them who Jesus is through building these long haul relationships with people, genuine hospitality and providing people with resources. This is so important in a culture that is so against the church. We get to show them the kingdom of God and then we get to tell them about King Jesus. And it's through the long haul of relationships. One neighbor would never really come up to us before. And now he's like, I don't even care that you're a church. Like, I love what you're doing and I wanna be a part of it. Growing up at CCC, you guys were my church family. And now that gets to continue on today through your financial and prayer partnership with me. It allows me to build relationships out here, serve people coffee and tell them about Jesus. So thank you so much. to say thank you to you for your um, generous and sacrificial giving throughout the year uh, here at Christ Community Church. And so I wanted to show you Megan's story a little bit. Um, I know that each one of you who gives to this church, you, you sacrifice to give, and you need to know that the church as an organization, we sacrifice too. The numbers will all shake out by the end of January, and we'll report to you at the annual meeting in January 2023, but we will give as a church between 25 and 30% of what you give. We'll give it away to ministries, things that God's doing locally, around the country, and around our world. And it's not because we have extra, we throttle some things back here, it's because it's important and we have the opportunity and we just wanna seize it to be able to fund some of the stuff that God's doing. And so thank you so much for your giving, we really appreciate it and it's fun to be able to do this kind of stuff together, so thanks. All right, so, so here we are in December and this is like our second week where we're just admitting it's the Christmas season. So I'm gonna greet you with Merry Christmas and I'm gonna give you the chance to greet me back, all right? Because it's always awkward when we do this. So, so Merry, Christmas. Merry Christmas. Awesome to hear that from you guys who are here in the room. Those of you who are online, I don't know if you said it to your screen or not, but good to see you. Glad that you're with us as well. I'm, I'm very excited that we get to be together today. So thank you for coming. If you're newer to Christ's community, those of you who are online, uh, you could hit our connect button and that'll take you to our digital connect card. Those of you who are here in the room, uh, you could uh, scan that QR code on the seat back in front of you and that'll take you to our digital connect card. Let us know that you're here or you could stop by the welcome desk on the way out today and uh, we would love to meet you and um, learn if there's any way that we could help you, serve you, any questions that we could answer for you, how we could pray for you. That's what that is all about. So we wanna help you be connected to this church family. So um, a few years ago, I watched a movie called We Bought a Zoo. It's a movie that came out in 2011, and uh, the storyline is pretty much what, uh, what the title of the movie is. There was a, a husband, a man who was grieving the death of his wife, and he and his two kids were in need of something different. They were in need of some change, they were in need of some joy in their lives, and so they did what the but the movie is titled, They Bought a Fixer Upper Zoo. And the storyline of the movie is all about how they took this rundown zoo that had been shut down and they got it back up and got it open and uh, open for the public. And so it's, it was a fun little story and I haven't seen it since 2011 when it came out. There's, there's one line that I remember from the movie. And the dad who's, who's grieving is giving some life advice to one of his kids 
And I don't remember the circumstances, but he looks at his kid and he says, you know, sometimes all you need is 20 seconds of insane courage. Just 20 seconds of embarrassing bravery and that will make all the difference for you. Something great is gonna come of that. So we all have these life change moments. We have these moments in our life that are gonna make all the difference. And sometimes we know that we're in one of those moments. And sometimes we don't know till they've passed. But there are, these, there are these moments that are going to make all the difference in our lives and, and it feels like it requires from us that insane courage, that embarrassing bravery. And, and you and I have the opportunity to look at these kinds of moments and make a decision of where we're gonna do it. Anytime there's an opportunity in front of us, there's also opposition. These two things always go together, opportunity and opposition, and when you have an opportunity in your life, an opportunity to make a change, to do something different, maybe even change the course of your whole life for the better, hopefully for the better, there's opposition there, and that opposition usually comes in the form of, of fear or doubt, this little voice inside of you that's, that's telling you all the reasons you should say no to this opportunity and for all the bad things that might happen, that this is not gonna turn out for the better, this is actually gonna turn out for the worse. And that's where those 20 seconds come in. And I don't know if it's really 20 seconds, but when we're, when we're faced with an opportunity, there is, there, is, there is a short window of time that we get to, to walk through the doubt and push back the fear and say yes to the opportunity that's presented to us. So I wanna make a bold statement to you today. This hour that you're investing in church is one of those opportunity moments. I don't know what you were thinking or expecting when, when you came to church this weekend, but this is, this is one of those opportunity moments for us, and because this is an opportunity moment, there's also gonna be opposition. So we're in our Christmas series. This is week two of our Christmas series. We're calling it Christmas time. And that's not just because it's that time of year, but it's because there are some things that Christmas is, is uniquely situated for us to experience. And so last week we talked about how Christmas is a time for worship. And this week I wanna talk with you about how Christmas is a time for faith. And not just like the agreeing with the story that shake your head yes when we read the words of the Christmas story kind of faith, but actually like an acting kind of faith, the kind of faith that, that lives like these things are true. Like they, like they make all, not just they really happen, but like they make all the difference for us in our lives. The active kind of faith that says yes and I'm staking my life on these things and I'm going forward from here. That, that agreeing kind of faith, it doesn't, it doesn't really do much for you. It doesn't cost much from you, it doesn't do much for you, and it doesn't do much for the people who are in your circle of influence. But, but the acting kind of faith, like that is the kind of faith that makes all the difference in the world for you and for the people who are around you. Now, when we, we talk about acting kind of faith and leaning forward, like faith that doesn't just agree, but faith that acts, I'm gonna tell you this, right, that God is gonna give you that kind of faith. Like he's giving you that kind of faith and he gives you what you need in order to act on it. But from our side, that 
that acting kind of faith from our side, that feels like those 20 seconds of insane courage, like those 20 seconds of just embarrassing bravery. It feels like that if we're going to live from it in the moment. And so, so I wanna talk with you today about how Christmas is a time of faith. And here's, here's our big idea for today. Christmas is a great time to say yes to the life that Jesus is offering you. Now, you notice there on the screen that I have capitalized the L in life. And that's because there's life that you and I have. And like, I don't know how you feel about how your life is going today, but it's just, it's, it's just kind of this little L life where we, maybe your life feels empty, maybe it feels kind of full, maybe it's going great for you right now. But you have life, and then there's life like capital L life that Jesus offers to people who are saying yes to him. And, and you know, Christmas is the time where we think about like Jesus came, he came as a baby, he born in a manger and he lived among us, Emmanuel, God with us, he came to be with us. So this little baby, he grew up and he made this statement about why he came. This statement's recorded for us in the Gospel of John chapter 10, verse 10, Jesus as a grown man says, I have come that they might have life and have it to the full. That's quite a statement. I have come that people could have life and have it to the full, but here's here's the deal. You You can't hold your little L life, the life that you're building for yourself, the life that you're making for yourself, no matter how you feel about it. You can't you can't hold this little L life, and receive the life that Jesus wants to give to you. The only way that you can have the life that Jesus wants to give to you is to turn loose of your little L life and let him put his capital L life in your hands. So what I wanna do this weekend, I wanna, I wanna show you from the Christmas story three different people about how they turned loose of the little L life, the life they were building for themselves, about how they turned that loose so that they could receive the life that, that God was giving to them. And in, in pointing these things out to us, what I really hope is that this time together encourages you to, to act faith and receive, like to turn loose of your life and receive the life that God wants to give you in our time together today. So the first person, I'd like us to talk about is, <laughs> it's Mary. And we know her as the mother of Jesus. She was a young woman. We meet, when we first meet her in the Christmas story, she's a young woman. She's devout in her faith. She comes from a good family. She met a man and she was in love with him and they were engaged to be married. And he was a carpenter. So she was never gonna be rich, but they were gonna have enough, and, and they were gonna build a life together. And one day, she's anticipating this life together with this guy that she's in love with, and we read in Luke's Gospel, Luke chapter one, starting in verse 26, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. So, so this, is, this, is a, this is a crazy moment. 
I don't know if you know this or not, so, so Mary is living in a time what historians, Bible scholars call the 400 years of silence. So if you take your Bible and go to the end of the Old Testament, the last book in the Old Testament is called Malachi. At the end of Malachi chapter four, it ends, and you might have to turn one page before the first book of the New Testament, which is Matthew. You might have to turn one page, but that, that little gap there, that one page gap represents 400 years of silence where God was not speaking in any way that anybody was writing down or prophetically declaring that thus saith the Lord to God's people. It was, it was a time where God was, was silent in the history of his people and he was making occasional appearances and saying occasional things, but it was, it was unheard of. In Mary's young life, in her little circle of influence there from Nazareth, it would have been unheard of for an angel to have appeared and spoken on the Lord's behalf during that time and also to a young woman like her. So there's this, this crazy moment where this angel shows up and speaks to her and this idea of her being greatly troubled at his words, I mean like that's just a few, it's just a phrase there, but if we had a camera on her reaction when all these things happened, like this, this would have gone viral. This was, this was something that was, was unheard of in her day and so the angel said to her, don't be afraid, Mary, because everything about this moment is scary for her. The angel showing up, his greeting to her, and the angel knew scariest of all was gonna be what was come next for her. He says to her, you have found favor with God, and you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you're to call him Jesus. And, and there's more here that we're skipping over in scripture for the sake of time. But Mary was very familiar with her scriptures. She knew the writings of the ancient prophets of the nation of Israel. And so as the angel began to tell her what she was going to experience, she was able to put all the pieces together and understand that she was being offered something amazing. She was being offered the opportunity to be God's Messiah's mom. And so she's hearing the angel make this offer to her, but there is, when there's, when there's an opportunity, right, there's always opposition. And so for Mary, the opposition was actually, it was, it was her purity. It was her pursuit of God's best for for her and for Joseph in their relationship, and they were not sexually active. They were waiting until after they were married, and so she has this desire to honor God and to remain a virgin until she's married, and the angel is saying to her that you're gonna be mom to Messiah, and so she asks this really important question. How will this be, Mary asked, since, since I'm a virgin? And, and she's saying like, I can't do this. Like literally. This can't happen for me. And what astounds me when I read through the offer, the opportunity, Mary's response, she's not against any of this. She's, she's not pushing back and saying, no, not me, I won't do that. She's not against any of these things. She's just, like, she'd be totally up for it if she were already married. If it were a little later in life, like all this would make sense to her, she'd be totally up for it. But she's, she's looking at the angel and saying, how can this be? This, this sounds like a great opportunity, but it can't be for me. And so the angel speaks to her, the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. 
And so Mary takes a breath and she releases that little L life, the life that she'd been, she'd been planning and dreaming about and that she and Joseph had, had discussed and like that little L life they were planning to build for themselves. She takes a breath and she turns all of that loose and she says this, she says, I'm the Lord's servant. May your word be fulfilled to me and then the angel left her. And so the opportunity she has to be mom of the Messiah, it's a beautiful opportunity. The opposition is, is her own purity, like this is impossible, it's too much, it's too good to be true, it can't be for me. And then hearing about who God is and what he can accomplish, her response to all of that is faith. Yes, I trust you, Lord, yes, I'll, I will be who you are calling me to be, I will do what you are calling me to do, I don't want the little L life I've been building for myself, I want the life that you're gonna give to me. And so Mary says yes, and she gets to be she gets to be mom to the Messiah because of her yes. Second person is Joseph. Joseph we read about in Matthew's gospel. We know him as the earthly father of Jesus. At the time he shows up in the Christmas story, he's a young guy. He'd learned a trade, he was a carpenter. He had a business, started and going, it was probably his dad's business, and he had met this girl and he had fallen in love and they were engaged and his whole life was in front of him. And we read in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter one, verse 18 through 25, this is, this is when Joseph comes on the scene, this is how the birth, Jesus the Messiah, came about. His mother, Mary, was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. So even if you already know the rest of the story, let's just, let's just stop right here and consider what's happening to Joseph in this moment. He just found out that his fiance was pregnant and he knew because he too was following God's best for their relationship. He was pursuing sexual purity. He knew that he wasn't the father of that baby. And so this young guy with a trade and a girl he loves and his whole life in front of him, the girl has a story that doesn't make any sense, but there is no way, there's no way that he could marry her now. Everything about this, like everything about this is brutal for him. This life he's building for himself, it's imploding and he's done everything right. And, and so it's all coming down around him and he's, he's trying to figure out what to do and Joseph is a good guy, he's kind. And so what he decides is to end the relationship, to do it quietly, to go on about his life. And after he makes that decision, evidently he finally falls asleep. So the story goes on after he considered this. An angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what's conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She'll give birth to a son and you're to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. 
So this is, this is Joseph's moment of opportunity. This is his chance to turn loose of the little L life that, that he'd been dreaming about and building for himself and to turn loose of that and to receive from God the, the life, the capital L life that he wanted to give to him. And did you notice the very first thing the angel said to him in that dream is do not be afraid. In the Bible, when an angel shows up, oftentimes the first thing that comes out of that angel's mouth is do not be afraid. And sometimes that's because angelic beings are, they're spiritual beings and, and they're higher and greater than us and they, they show up in a way and we don't have a frame of reference as people, like we don't see angelic beings and so when they step into our world looking like an angelic being, it causes us to be afraid. And so, so often they'll say, don't be afraid because like there's literal physical fear at the appearance of the angel, but that's not what's happening here. He says, don't be afraid to do something that is way out of the box. All Joseph has to do is just think with me for a minute as we think about this where we are in the story. All Joseph has to do is believe first that this dream that he's having is for real and not some weird manifestation of his pain and of his grief. And then he's gotta believe that Mary's pregnant by the Holy Spirit, not pregnant by some other guy. And if he can get there on all of that, she's still pregnant and it's not his baby. And this is way out of bounds in their culture. This is way out of the box in their culture for a man to marry a woman who is pregnant and particularly if it's not his child. And, and for the rest of his life, he knows that there's gonna be whispering going on behind his and Mary's back that the first baby is way too early from the marriage or the first baby, like Joseph's not the dad. There's a lot for him to be afraid of in this moment. And so the angel says to him, don't fear. And, and Matthew then in the story, he inserts this editorial comment so that we know what's happening here. He says, all of this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And so Joseph has this opportunity to become the earthly father of God's Messiah. And along with that, he has the opportunity to marry the young woman that he loves. And the opposition in all of that is fear. There's a real price for him to pay here. There's, there's a lot of pain ahead for him in saying yes, and he's very aware of what a lot of that is going to be. He has the option to keep moving forward with his plan to end the relationship, to end it quietly. He's a young guy, he's in a small town, he did everything right. He'll build his business, there'll probably be another girl. So when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and he took Mary home as his wife. He didn't consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son and he gave him the name Jesus. This is faith. This is, this is faith. And Joseph seems to be a man of few words, but he knew how to act in faith. This is, 
This is him turning loose of the little L life that he could make for himself and receiving this life that God would give to him. And this to me, this is an inspiring moment. He didn't play it safe. He acted in faith. Like, like he really believed these things and like they were gonna make all the difference for him and for the people who are around him. And, and the ripple effect, the ripple effect of his faith, you and I, we're, we're still living in it because, because he said yes to the, to the life that God wanted to give to him. All right, so let me wrap all this up. I wanna show you the third person in this story. He's actually my favorite person in the Christmas story not named Jesus, because we're church, and we have to say Jesus is our favorite person in the Christmas story, but this is my, if you're not named Jesus, this is my favorite person in the Christmas story. His name is Simeon. Simeon's this old guy, and we're fast-forwarding about 10 months from the angel appearing to Mary and then to Joseph. Fast-forwarding about 10 months, Mary and Joseph are married. Jesus has been born. He's actually 40 days old. Mary and Joseph are bringing him to the temple to, to do the things that were required to present him to the Lord, which is what they did with babies in that time and in that place, brought him to the temple in Jerusalem, presented him to the Lord. So Simeon is this old guy who comes onto the scene there in the temple. Here's, here's how Luke describes him, Luke chapter two, verse 25 and 26. So there's a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, which is another name for God's Messiah. He was waiting for God's Messiah to come on the scene, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. So remember, we're, Simeon lived in this 400 years of silence, but he is, he is a man of faith, and, and God has honored his faith and broken some of that silence to let Simeon know that you're gonna live until Messiah is born. And, and so, you know, of course, that 400 years of silence breaks with Jesus because that's when God begins to make himself known. He makes himself known through Jesus, but we're 40 days in and people don't know. And so Simeon has heard from the Lord, like he is this man of faith, not the agreeing kind of faith, but the acting kind of faith. And he was in the temple on the day that Mary and Joseph and Jesus show up and they would not have been the only mom and dad and little kid there to present their baby to the Lord that day. But, but somehow the Lord spoke to Simeon and told him that this baby, of all the babies that were there, this baby is God's Messiah. And so Simeon approaches them and actually takes Jesus in his arms and praised God saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations. Light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. The child's mother and father, Mary and Joseph, marveled at what was said about him. And then Simeon blessed them. So Simeon has this moment there in the temple to declare the faithfulness of God. Here he is, he's at the end of his faith journey. He's, he knows that his earthly life is over and he has this beautiful chance to declare God's faithfulness to Joseph and Mary who were young 
and who were just starting their faith journey. He could have coasted, like he could have coasted the finish line, his faith. He could have, he could have seen all this and, and, and heard the Spirit tell him like this is God's Messiah and he could have his own little private worship celebration moment. He could have watched Jesus and his parents from a distance and watched all these things go on, but he didn't. He has his proven faith. And in his proven faith, what he does is he speaks God's faithfulness into the lives of these people who are just getting going on their journey. They've made some really big decisions. They've turned loose of their little life, but L life, and they're holding on to this capital L life that God is giving to them. And the beautiful moment where this seasoned believer, this seasoned man of faith speaks to them and says, hey, can I just tell you, God is always faithful. You can trust him. And I wanted us to end this time together hearing these words of Simeon. Simeon's a yes guy. His answer to the Lord is always yes. We don't know a whole lot about his life. We know very little about his life. We just know, we know that he was, he was faithful and he was full of faith. And, and he was yes to whatever it was that God put in front of him and whatever that was gonna require of him. He was the guy who leaned into those things and said yes, and he entered his earthly life, what we know is he ended his earthly life, and he entered his eternal life in peace because he had walked in faithfulness, in relying on, acting on his faith and who God is and what God had called him to be. And so I think it's really important for us to end our time together by hearing from this old guy who is a man of faith who long ago turned loose of his little L life and sees that capital L life that God offers to people and, and declared to Mary and Joseph and is still saying to us, God is faithful. God is faithful. This, this life that he'll put in your hands is really life. Jesus came so that you and I could have life, not the life that we would build for ourselves, not the life that just kind of unfolds as we live it, but life, life to the fullest extent. And, and so I wanna wrap up our time together reminding us that Christmas is a time for faith. Christmas is a time for faith, not, not just the agreeing kind of faith, but the acting kind of faith. And, and maybe for you, as you engage in this service, maybe this for you is, this is faith for the first time for you. Maybe you've never heard this story before and you've never seen it really unfold. Maybe you've known it your whole life, but you've just kind of been the agreeing kind of faith, shaking your head yes and letting it all go past. And maybe for you, this Christmas season is an opportunity. The opportunity for you is to move from the agreeing kind of faith to the acting kind of faith and living like, like this stuff really matters and living in reliance on these things because it really matters. It matters, it matters for you and it matters for the people who are in your circle of influence. You'll never know how far the decisions you make today will ripple. Or, or maybe for you, it's, it's faith again. You know, maybe you're a person of faith and and there's something in front of you and you need to hear somebody say, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of that next thing that seems like it must be for somebody else. Don't be afraid of that next thing that, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense or that is way out of the box for you and for the culture in which you live. Don't be afraid of that. Turn loose of this little L life. Our great opposition, the comfort and ease we feel when we're holding on to our little L life, don't be afraid to turn loose of your comfort and ease and receive this life that God wants to put in your hands. 
because Jesus came so that we could have life and we could have it to the full. So what we're gonna do, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pray for us in just a minute. Before I pray, I'm gonna ask you to bow your head and close your eyes. And I'm gonna give us about 20 seconds. And on your side, this, this might feel like one of those insane courage, embarrassing bravery moments, but what you're doing is you're exercising the faith that God has given you. You're, you're leaning into what he's giving you to say yes to this life that he wants to put in your hands. Will you guys please bow your head and close your eyes with me? So I'm gonna offer you some words. Whether it's faith for the first time or faith for the next thing. Jesus, I'm turning loose the life I'm holding on to so that I can receive your life. You said you came so that I could have life to the full. I'm saying yes to that today. Heavenly Father, really grateful that we're not stuck living the kind of life that, that we dream and imagine, build for ourselves. But that's not what we're experiencing today, what we're experiencing today, this is not, it's not the best. So I'm praying for myself, I'm praying for my friends, whether we would say Life today is, is mostly empty, it's pretty good, or feels really full. That you would, you would grant us faith, courage, to turn loose of that so we can, we can receive life to the full, Jesus' kind of fullness. Jesus, thank you for coming so that we're not, we're not stuck, that we, give, we get to live your kind of life. I'm praying these things in your name. Amen. Thank you guys for being here this weekend. Um, if you need somebody to pray with you, whatever is going on in your life about something you're thinking about, decision you made today, if you're online, click the prayer button, please, and we will get with you if you're here in this room. There'll be prayer leaders who are down here at the front, and they would love to, to listen to what's going on in your life and pray for you in that um, you could you could receive some really cool things down here in front at our end of our time together today. So um, God bless you guys. Again, thank you for being here and worshiping with us. I love you, and I'm looking forward to seeing you next week.